Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases this tail, we'll be busy. Do the dog catch a baby, do the dog catch a dog. Good Saturday morning. It's January 16th, 2021. That's right. It's four days until Inauguration Day or what some are calling the Second Civil War. However, we're going to go ahead and forget about all that for the next hour and focus on our fur babies instead. Thanks for tuning in and letting us be part of your Saturday morning. I'm Will Bangura and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat that's just driving you crazy or a, or a dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pets just not listening? Well, that's what we do here on Pet Talk Today. I'm here to help you deal with all of your pet behavior problems. Call me right now and learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors. Pick up your phone and give me a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866 536 1100. Hey, Brittany, she's sitting behind, besides me, not behind me. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm not, I'm not able to talk yet. I didn't have enough coffee yet, so my, my lips aren't, uh, aren't moving. How was your week? It was good. Very, very busy. It is a busy week because we've got all these people with the Christmas dogs, holiday yep. dogs. They're, all they're, the puppies. You know, it's all fun the first couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Until it's the 4 a.m. deal and you're waking up because the puppy's screaming and crying. You gotta go outside. You're mm-hmm. walking through the dark and you're barefoot and you take a step and you feel something warm and really yucky. Go between your toes. Yeah. And it's at that time that people are ready to call and talk to Brittany. Yeah. Because I'll they, be here. <laughs> they need some help, so they're calling Phoenix Dog Training. So actually, you know, why not give us a plug? We, you know, I never plug our business that much. So if you're looking for dog training or behavior help, you can give us a call at Phoenix Dog Training and talk to the lovely Brittany Duchesne. You can call us at 602-769-1411. However, if you've got a question about your dog and you want to talk to me right now and have me answer that, the caller listener line is 602-277-5369. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. Speaking of, we actually have Ariana in Tucson on the line. Ariana in Tucson. Hey, welcome to Pet Talk today, Ariana. How can we help you? Hi, thank you. Um, so I'm actually calling because um, I have three cats. Um, I've had them for about two years now, and my little black one, her name is Hella, she's been having some issues the last few months where my male is bullying her. Um, so she is peeing and um, 
pooping outside of the litter box, mostly in the kitchen and on our furniture. Um, for a while, we had a fourth cat that we adopted. Unfortunately, she passed away, but she was helping out with the situation, and all of that stopped. But since she passed away, all of that has come back a lot worse. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I can do to help her and also help the rest of my cats get along. Absolutely. And how old is, is the one that is having the uh, marking or the spraying issues and, and the litter box issues? Uh, she is about two years and nine months. Okay, so she's relatively young. She's a young cat. Yeah. Um, how many litter boxes do you have? Right now we have two. Um, we're planning on getting a third one, but we're trying to wait till this whole corona thing calms down. Yeah. You know, one of the things, especially when you've got multiple cats, okay, you want to make sure you've got multiple litter boxes. I mean, even if you have one cat, you should have two litter boxes, okay? And okay. and that's something that's really important. The other thing is making sure that you're cleaning those litter boxes daily. I don't know if you okay. clean them daily or not. Yes, no? Yeah, my husband takes care of it. Yeah. So. Clean those daily um, because that's also a really important part of it. The other thing that you need to do is you need to um, get – what are you doing to clean up where your cat is peeing or spraying? What are you doing to clean up where your cat is defecating? Uh, so right now I use um, like pine sol. I'll get that all cleaned up, and okay. then at the very end, I'll use a bleach solution. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If it's on my furniture, I try to go with alcohol to not bleach my furniture. Mm -hmm. So let me talk about something that's really important, because just like dogs, cats also go back to areas where they have gone. So anytime we've got a dog or a cat that's going to the bathroom in the house, we need to make sure that we're using products that are going to get rid of the odor at the level of smell for our pets, which they their sense of smell is a lot better than ours. So um, you're going to want to go to you know a, a pet store and get an enzyme-based uh, odor remover. Mm -hmm. Get Serious Extractor, Nature's Miracle. Those are just a couple. You're also going to want to get a black light because you need to find everywhere where the cats have gone. And there's probably a whole lot more areas and places that they've gone that you're just not aware of. I guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you get that black light, things are going to light up like a Christmas tree. And anything that lights up, you've got to use that enzyme-based cleaner to get rid of the scent. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, okay. let me ask you this. Do you play with your cats? Do, does your cat like to play with toys? How do you engage or, or create enrichment for your cats? Um, so the the black one, she is very um, loving. She's constantly asking for attention. She's a big-time lap cat. So anytime I'm home, she is with me. Um, the other two are very solitary, and they don't really care for attention. Mm -hmm. So Okay. Now, talk to me about the one that's bullying the black cat? Um, that would be my male. Um, so he is a big mama's boy. Whenever he's out, he wants to be with me as well. Um, 
but he doesn't come out often at all. He just, he's mean, especially with people, people he doesn't know. He will hiss and uh-huh. scratch if they get too close. That's okay. pretty much it. He's okay. just not nice. <laughs> all right. And, and so there's a couple of things, okay? And, and that is, you know, with the fact that, you know, um, your cat is going to the bathroom outside the litter box after you've done all those things, okay? Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that you can begin to do is positively reinforce going in the litter box, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of clicker training or marker training? Yeah. Okay. So, do you know what it means to condition, uh, the animal to the clicker? Yeah. Okay. Because they've got to hear click, treat, click, treat, click, treat, click, treat, click and a treat, click mm-hmm. and a treat many, many times in a row before that clicker will have any power or value. But once we've conditioned the clicker, now when an animal does a behavior that we want to reinforce, we can click it at the exact moment that they're doing the behavior. Now, when it comes to your cat going into the litter box, you click as soon as your cat finishes. Do not click while your cat's in the process of going to the bathroom. But immediately when your cat finishes... The stream of urine finishes, your cat stops having its bowel movement. As soon as that happens, you're going to click, okay? Okay. And you want to uh, really be observant, which means that you're going to keep your eye on your cat a whole lot more, okay? The other thing is, you know, we need to correct the cat for going in the wrong place. And, and so, you know, one of the things you can get is uh, compressed air. Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes is something that will startle them a little bit, make them a little bit uncomfortable. Because really, when it comes to training animals, it's about rewards and consequences. Okay. The mm-hmm. other thing that you have to deal with, you know, is the fact that you've got your other cat that's being a bully. Okay. So that's another situation where you need to begin to, you know, correct that cat too. And you can mm-hmm. use the air compressor for that, the compressed air. Okay. Okay. The other thing is, if it continues to go on very, very long term, talk to your vet. You know, they've got medication that can help with this too, but try to work with the training and the behavior modification before, you know, you, you look to medication. Do you think yeah. you can try those things? Yes, I can. Um, but I did have, so yeah. there was one more thing that I didn't mention, okay. um, that I forgot to mention. So he, the male cat, actually I've caught him waiting outside the litter box for her, and she does end up cornering herself in the litter box to try to stay away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything I can do about that or just... Well, here's the thing is that you correct that other cat, he may not want to go into that litter box. And, and so one of the things that you're going to want to do is maybe try to get this other, the bully, to start using other litter boxes, okay? And okay. then after that, you know, we can start to teach him to leave the other one alone. Hey, I've got to go to break. Hold on the line, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we've got to hear from our sponsors. I'm your host, Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your training and behavior questions for your dogs and cats. We'll be right back. Ray 
raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies, answering questions, some even ridiculous, and taking your calls. It's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. That's never, never good. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where I take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Maybe you've got a crazy cat or a dog that's dominant, and they desperately need some behavior and training help. Uh, maybe you're fed up with your pets just not listening. Well, that's what I do here. I take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions. So give me a call. If you're in Phoenix, the number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. We have Ada from last week in Sun Lakes on the line. Oh, we've got Ada and Sun Lakes. Hey, Ada, how are you doing? How are your dogs doing? Are they barking or are they quiet? <laughs> oh, well, I have to tell you, um, we put the leash on. Like you said, I did it with my oldest because she mm-hmm. seemed to be the instigator. Uh-huh. And right away they thought, oh, going, looks like we're going out for a walk. Absolutely. You know? But it did start to work a little bit with her. And I, I see it's going to be a long process. So um, I do, I mean, I will continue with that, with her, and now what she will do sometimes, I will just look at her and she'll just whine instead of barking. Well, you have to decide what you can live with, okay? Exactly. And, and so exactly. you can do the same thing if you want. You can correct that. And let me just say something. You said it's going to be a long-term process. The biggest thing that is going to make it shorter is trying to catch every incident, okay? And the okay. other thing that's going to make it shorter, because if, if your dog gets to rehearse the behavior a lot mm-hmm. and you're not there to correct it, it gets habituated, correct? So right, right. we want to be there to be able to correct as many instances. Now, that's being reactive. And I, I've talked before on the show, maybe I talked about it when, when uh, you and I talked, but we've got to be proactive too, and that's going to make it much faster creating an opportunity for the dog to bark only to then correct. And we want to create that opportunity, like ringing the doorbell, having somebody knock. You know, you need a friend or somebody to help you with this. Um, and you're going to create that barking so that you can have the opportunity to correct. 
And you want to be able to do that three times in a row. So again, if, if you can correct the dog three times, you correct once, bait the dog with whatever the trigger is to get them barking and they bark again, correct the dog, bait a third time with whatever the trigger is to try to get them to bark. If they take that bait that third time, your corrections aren't firm enough, which means you hold, you hold the dog up a little longer. Okay. Okay. Now, I can, I can do that. Can yeah, I? so that's the rule of three. If, if the dog is willing to take the third correction, meaning the third time we bait the dog, they're still barking, the corrections aren't firm enough. And how you're going to make it a little firmer is just going to hold the dog there a little bit longer. Now, again, watch your dog. The goal right. here, we're not trying to hurt the dog. We're not trying to you know, do anything that's going to cause pain or fear or intimidation, but it needs to be a little bit uncomfortable. Now, On the flip side, the other part of the rule of three, when we're baiting the dog, we also want three wins in a row. At at some point in that game that you're playing, baiting and correcting, your dog's like, yeah, I'm not taking the bait. Great. That's when we want to click and reward. We should be using a marker system. We should be using a clicker that identifies when the dog is going to be getting the treat at the exact moment that we want to reinforce the behavior. So in this case, trigger's presented, but the dog doesn't take the bait. The dog doesn't vocalize. The dog doesn't bark. I'm going to click and reward. Then I'm going to bait again. What I want to do is I want to play this game, have this little training session going until I get three wins in a row. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I do have one other problem with my other dog. He's not a barker. He's a mix. He's not a cur. When we take him for a walk, he's fine. But if he sees a rabbit or another dog, he goes in another zone. Would those blinders that they sell for dogs work for him, or do you have another solution? Well, Ada, I'd love to help you, but I limit you to one question a Saturday. No, I'm just just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You've used your quota. Um, So that's a tough one, okay, because your dog probably has a lot of prey drive, okay? Um, What size dog is it? Uh, he's, um, 66 pounds. Okay. He's medium. He's right. a mix. So cow, I would, and, I would uh, get a prong collar. Okay. All right. On, on the dog. Right. And when you proactively, you want to teach the dog good leash manners and the way that you're going to do that, you know how normally you put the leash and the collar on the dog and, you know, let's say you get out to the street or you get out to the sidewalk and you start walking forward, right? Right. Okay. I want you to do something different. Don't worry about what happens with you and your dog from the house to the sidewalk. But once you get to the sidewalk, I want you to immediately make a 180-degree turn away from the dog. Put gentle pressure with that prong collar as you're doing that. Say, let's go. Continue to watch your dog as your feet are moving. As soon as your dog begins to walk and follow you, I want you to go ahead, release all pressure, and I want you to praise the dog. Okay. Now, Can we use the clicker with that one too? No, no? it's okay. going to be too Just difficult praise. in the beginning. You've got a dog okay. that's pulling. You've got a leash in your hand. Um, right. Now, when you make a U-turn away from the dog, that puts the dog behind you. The dog's then going to try to catch up and maybe get past you. When your dog's eyes get to the middle of your leg – 
I need you to make a U-turn 180 degrees. Do this on a sidewalk. Practice this on a sidewalk only in the beginning. And all you're doing is you're walking back and forth in a straight line. When your dog's eyes get to the middle of your leg, you make a 180 degree U-turn away from the dog. When you do that, say, let's go. And when you do that, put a little bit of pressure on the prong collar and leash. As soon as the dog turns to follow you, release the pressure, praise the dog. You need to practice that 10 minutes a day you need to practice that three to five times a week, okay? okay? And you need to start that where there's little to no distractions, okay? Mm-hmm. And don't worry about how far you go. Matter of fact, you don't need to go more than 15 steps in one direction. The goal oh, here okay. is to teach the dog to follow you, stay in position, pay attention to you. Now, anytime your dog sees any distraction, even a little one, I call those micro distractions. It might be a leaf blowing down the street. Your dog looks at it. As soon as your dog shows even the slightest bit of distraction, make the U-turn, turn 180 degrees, give the dog that light leash pressure. Now, if, you know, if the dog's not moving with you, you can increase the leash pressure until you find the right pressure that gets the dog to, to move with you. You know, after okay. a few times of doing that, the dog should begin to understand the process and you then can start giving the dog a chance when you make that turn and say, let's go. Don't immediately put leash pressure on the dog. But if the dog doesn't go immediately when you say, let's go and follow you, give another let's go a second time and then put that pressure on. Okay. Once you've done that for a few weeks, go to a place where there is distractions. Don't get right up on top of the distractions, but work close to them. But give that a shot. I appreciate you calling back. We love it when you give us updates, so do that again for us. I'm your host, Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX. We've got to take a break for news, but when we come back, We'll be taking more of your calls and answering your pet behavior questions. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies, answering questions, some even ridiculous, and taking your calls. It's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pets just not listening to you? Well, that's what we do here on Pet Talk today. I'm here to help you deal with all of your pet behavior and training problems. So give me a call right now. Learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors. Pick up your phone. 
give me a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866-536-1100. We have Susan in Tucson on the line. Susan in Tucson. Hey, Susan, welcome to Pet Talk today. How can we help you? I have a soft-haired Wheaton Terrier who will go out to go pee, but he never wants to do number two outside. He always does it in the house, same spot. Now, I've used the sprays trying to eliminate it. Mm-hmm the odor or the attraction. Other than that, he's a good dog. So what you're dealing with really is starting from scratch with potty training, house training. Okay. You could tell me my dog knows better because, you know, as soon as he sees me see it, you know, he looks guilty. Dogs can read your emotions. As soon as you see it, you're upset, and that's what your dog reads. The dog doesn't connect the dots unless unless you're able to correct the dog in the act of going to the bathroom in the house, and there's a consequence while it's happening, your dog's not going to learn not to use the house as a toilet. So that being said, the number one rule when it comes to dealing with dogs that are going to the bathroom in the house, you have to supervise them. They need to be in your eyesight. And while you're doing this training, put them on leash because you, again, need to have them in your eyesight at all times. So again, so there's not an accident without a consequence if they're with you and you're supervising them at all times, you're there to make sure that every single mistake gets a correction. And then your dog begins to learn. Now, I realize there's times when, hey, you just can't keep your eyes on your dog, and that's when you need to be confining or crating your dog. You're not going to successfully potty train a dog without crate training, without utilizing a crate, because again, there are times when you won't be able to keep your eye on your dog. Let's say you leave the house and nobody's there. Well, you're not there to correct the dog if there's an accident. You go to sleep at night. Well, you're not awake. You're not available to correct the dog. You've got to create the dog then. Maybe you get an important phone call. Or maybe you make an important phone call, like you made the call today to Pet Talk Today. And maybe you're not watching your dog. Well, before you make the call or when the call comes in, you say, hey, hold on one second, create the dog, even if it's for a minute or two. You want to eliminate your dog's ability to continue to rehearse that behavior of going to the bathroom in the house because it continues to get habituated and conditioned. And your dog has to have consequences. Now, usually it's just a firm no, but you got to look at your dog because some dogs you could practically scream no at the top of your lungs and they think you're playing with them. They come running to you, wagging their tail, you know, all excited. Then there are some dogs you could barely, you know, look at them and point your finger at them and and they're rolling over on their back peeing themselves because they're so submissive. So every dog's different, you know, in terms of some dogs are going to be what we call very soft dogs and they're going to take a very light, mild correction. Then you've got dogs that are really hard dogs and they're going to take a very firm correction. We don't 
want to cause fear or intimidation, but it should startle them a little bit. It should be a little bit uncomfortable. If it's not a little bit uncomfortable, it's not a correction. It's an interruption. Interruptions will not change the behavior. Corrections will. Now, on the flip side, we can't just always correct the dog. What if your dog doesn't even make a mistake the entire time you've been supervising your dog? Well, we can extinguish the behavior because if enough period of time goes by and the behavior isn't rehearsed, it will extinguish itself, okay? But to make things go a whole lot quicker, every time your dog goes outside or you get your dog outside a whole lot more, you want to be out there and immediately as soon as your dog comes up from a squat defecating, having a bowel movement, you want to reward your dog. Ideally, you want to click and and have a marker training system with that clicker if you don't know what clicker training is if you don't know what charging the marker or getting that clicker conditioned so the dog understands click means treat um make sure that you know you get information on that but we talk about it a lot of times in the show right now i don't have enough time to go through all the the steps to clicker training, but it, it marks the behavior and lets the dog know it's going to get a high value food reward. Um, we need to reinforce the dog going to the bathroom in the right place. And it, your dog's got to go. And, and, and one of <laughs> two things are going to happen. The dog's either going to have an accident in the house or the dog's going to go outside. If there's an accident, you're going to be seeing it. You're going to correct it. Get the dog outside more often. You're going to reward the dog when the dog goes to the bathroom outside. Now, if you're struggling with this, you need to do two things. Make sure you're feeding on a schedule at the same times every day. That's going to create a little bit of a cycle and a rhythm so that you can understand and predict when your dog might need to go to the bathroom. Because if you feed every day at the same time and you start paying attention to that, maybe even keep a little notebook, you're going to see a pattern after a few days if you write down, hey, what time did the dog get fed? What time did the dog go to the bathroom? Either had an accident or went in the right spot. And after you collect that data for a few days, you're going to see the pattern. And that lets you know about how much time after the dog eats before there's going to be a bowel movement. And if your dog has intermittent bowel movements throughout the day that aren't associated really with feeding, make note and write the times down because, again you're going to start to see a pattern of when and how long after your dog eats before that bulk, that food has to come out. What goes in must come out. And so yeah. if we're writing down when this is happening and we're feeding on a schedule and we're doing the other things like, you know, supervising or confining, correcting in the act when it happens, getting the dog out more, marking and rewarding the behavior of going to the bathroom outside. And if we're committed to do that for roughly 60, 65 days, we're going to turn that around. We're going to have success. But it doesn't happen in a day or two days or three days or a week. Yeah, some dogs get potty trained very quickly. But as a general rule... To create a new habit, it takes 66 days. Not 21. There's a guy that wrote a book, 21 Days to a New Habit. He admitted, he admitted he just made that up. The science, the science says 66 days to create a new habit. Okay. Um, do you think you can try that with your dog? 
Mm-hmm. You, Absolutely. I'm at home because of the COVID. pandemic. Yeah. And my only other question that's some excellent advice. I have a crate and he will go with it if I say, tell him to. And all I have to do is say, Slater, kennel. He goes right in, opens the door himself. Mm-hmm. When he's in the act of the bowel movement. Yeah. And I don't yell at him. I just say, outside, hit the door, open it up. Yeah. Or should I put him in the kennel? No. See, the here's crate? the thing. Here's the thing. Again, you've got to give a correction. And, and don't just say outside or kennel. You know, that's an interruption. Again, this has to be unpleasant when it's in the act. Now, as soon as, as soon as you give that correction, then get the dog outside. Okay. And then wait out there, see if the dog's going to finish, you know, or it's going to go back into having a bowel movement. Okay. And then, then you come back in and, and you clean up the mess. Well, thank you. You've been very helpful. Yeah, give that a try and, and do us a favor. We like it when people call us back and let us know how things are going. So will you call us back and, and give us an update? Absolutely. All right. Hey, we really, really appreciate the call. Thank you so much. I'm Will thank Bangura, you. and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your pet's behavior, maybe you've got a dog or a cat that's out of control, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. We've got to take a break so we can hear from our sponsors, but when we come back, we will be taking more of your calls and answering your pet behavior and training questions. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, everybody. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free, 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We have Pearl in Phoenix on the line, and then we have Caroline in Phoenix holding. Pearl, welcome to Pet Talk Today. How can we help you? 
Hi, good morning. Good morning. I have um, a five-month-old lab mix. Bo is his name. Okay. He found that he can dig, and now he's digging up the yard. How can I stop him? Okay. So let me ask you a quick question. Um, is this digging related to irrigation lines or sprinkler heads? Uh, no, okay. not at all. Okay. All right. Because then that's a different way that I approach it. Um, so the biggest thing, and this is for all behavior problems, not just digging, not just potty training, but when we've got a dog that's engaging in an unwanted behavior, we can't set the dog up for failure. We can't set the dog up to rehearse that behavior again without there being a consequence. So from now on until it's resolved, when you let your dog outside, you need to be out there also because the worst thing that can happen is for your dog to continue to dig and there not be a correction because the behavior of digging is something your dog likes. So it's reinforcing all by itself because it's pleasant. There needs to be something unpleasant paired with that behavior. So if you're out there with your dog and if your dog engages in that digging, you can be there and usually a good firm no will do it. You want to make sure when you're watching your dog that your dog's a little bit startled. We don't want your dog experiencing fear, pain, or intimidation, but it should be a little bit uncomfortable. And you need to do this for about one to two months. You know, people always want a quick fix and, and the problems don't get resolved. But if you're very consistent with that and you're out there every time your dog goes out there, um, either a month or two are going to go by and your dog's never going to dig again or you're going to be correcting your dog in the act and your dog's going to also then learn not to do it. But in either way, the behavior will be extinguished. Now, we can also be very proactive with this. We can be sneaky. We've got to be smarter than the dog. You know, we could take these holes that the dog's digging in and we could fill them up and we could go ahead and, and rather than picking up every bowel movement the dog has, we could start putting it on top of the hole that we filled back in. And a lot of times then the dogs don't go back to those same holes and dig. Okay. The other thing that we can do to be proactive is again, we got to be smarter than the dog. So let's say we dig a little bit up and we sprinkle a few high value food rewards there and we cover it up a little bit. Well, the dog sense of smell you walk the dog by on leash, your dog's going to smell. You can even point to it. Your dog's going to smell it. Now, remember, these treats are got maybe a quarter to a half an inch of maybe dirt or they got some rocks over it. Your dog's going to smell it. Your dog's going to want to use its paws to dig it up so you can get to the food. You're going to correct the dog right then and there. Now, there you're proactively setting the dog up so you can correct the dog. And... You need to do that on a regular basis. But after you've had that little training session, make sure you get out there and grab all those high-value food rewards because we don't want the dog to get those. If your dog's able to dig them up and, and then eat them, well, now we're reinforcing the digging behavior. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the things that you, that you need to do. You know, it, it's just a matter of being there, watching the dog, correcting the dog in the act, 
setting the dog up if you want to, being proactive, correcting the dog. If the dog doesn't dig when you're setting the dog up, then go ahead and give the dog a reward for the right behavior, for not doing that. So anyway, give that a shot, and hopefully that will help you. And like I always tell all of our callers, give us a call back down the road. Let us know how that is working for you. And we have Caroline in Phoenix on the line. Caroline in Phoenix, welcome to Pet Talk today. Do you have a question for us? How can we help you? Yes, I do. I have, um, actually, my daughter has a Rhodesian Ridgeback. She's about 92 pounds. She's a sweet dog. And I have her about half the time, maybe not quite half. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when she sees people she loves, she jumps on them because she's so happy to see them. Yep. And um, there's about three of us that that happens, but I'm the only one at my house. Mm -hmm. Is there something I can do? Um, Do I need to do the clicking? And if so, how would I do it? Yeah. Um, to get her to quit jumping. So clicking, the click is a sound. It means nothing. What we do with that clicker before we start training is we take about 30 very high-value food rewards, little pieces, maybe little pieces of cut-up chicken about the size of a pea. We click, Mm -hmm. give the dog the chicken. We click, chicken, click, chicken, click, treat, click, treat, click, treat. About 30 times in a row, we do that for three or four days. That conditions the dog that it understands the click means treat. The reason we do that is we've got zero to a half a second to get the food reward in the dog's mouth from the time it engages in the behavior for it to connect the dots cognitively. So that buys us a little time because it's really difficult to get the food in the mouth that quickly. Now... What you want to do is teach an alternative behavior first. You want to teach your dog to sit and be doing that clicking and rewarding and do a lot of that. Then you want to start adding distractions to that, okay? Mm-hmm. And you want to do this with a leash. And then you want to be proactive and have people come in and we want them to start calm. But little by little, we're going to get them to be very, very excitable, okay? And mm-hmm. and what you're going to be doing is you're going to either be clicking and rewarding if your dog sits when you ask it to, or if the dog jumps, you're going to correct it. Now, one of the best ways, you know, to correct the dog for jumping, and this is a big ridgeback, right? 92 yeah, pounds, I think you said. Okay. So as they go to launch... Lift your knee up so that their chest hits your knee. Don't well, want... I've done that and she still jumps. Okay, so she really needs a, a good firm correction. Okay, so I don't know if you can knee her a little harder, but we don't want to hurt her, okay? Right. So mm-hmm. you really want to spend that time teaching her how to sit, okay? Mm-hmm. And then what I want you to do is that when she goes to jump, I want you to go ahead and... and Say no and turn your back, but say no firmly. Have you tried that? Yes, oh yeah. And that's not working either, huh? No. Okay. She's just so excited to see you, and I feel bad because how does she express herself? Well, she can express herself, but, you know, here's the thing. Unfortunately, we need the dogs to kind of mold themselves and comply with our lives, okay? And we can't have a 92-pound dog jumping on everybody. Now, one of the biggest things, okay, at some point in time in this dog's life, people were very excited, and the dog Mm -hmm. was jumping up on them, and we pet them, and it wasn't a big deal. Maybe when it was a puppy, but now we got this big problem. We've got to stop being excited, and and we've got to do that for a while. we got to come in and freeze like a tree because the slightest movement, 
the slightest verbal acknowledgement when you come in probably gets this dog really, really excited. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when we come in there, the other thing that you might do is have a prong collar and a leash. You might have to give a really good firm correction with a prong collar and a leash if this dog, you know, is one of these dogs that has a very hard temperament. Okay. But bottom line is when your dog's doing something wrong, something unpleasant needs to happen. When the dog doesn't do the behavior we don't want, well, we need to be rewarding that behavior. But when you got a big dog like that, um, you might need to uh, use a prong collar. Um, you might need to hire a trainer to come out for a lesson or two to help you with that. Okay. But um, give that a shot. Give that a try. See if that'll work. But spend a few weeks working on a sit with very high value food rewards. Okay. And then make sure when your dog jumps, there's some kind of a correction. Your dog should understand the pattern after a while and realize, hey, which is the behavior that gets me the reward? Which is the one that gets me the consequence that, hey, I'm not thrilled with. Okay. So if I walk in and I tell her to sit and she sits, yeah, reward. I can give her a reward yes. and then then she might jump. Well, then you're going to correct her. Okay. I've got to go ahead and go because we are out of time. I want to thank everybody that gave us a call. Make sure you tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. We'll, where we will be back taking more of your calls and answering your pet behavior and training questions. Don't go anywhere. Angie Samuels is up after the news with the Safe Money Show. News. Talk. Sports. The Pulse of Arizona. 1100 KFNX. Phoenix.